another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with my partners in crime, the lost Doctor Who companion, Phil Schneider. Say hello, Phil. Hello. I have no jokes. <laughs> it's 8 a.m. It's 8 a.m. Yeah, well, it might be 8 a.m., but my guess is after we're doing this for just a little bit, you will have jokes and probably a few stories. Also with us, Jeremy Smith. No title here. You should be the pushback king or doctor put no not 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 doctor um pushback alliteration jeremy push back all the things smith you should change your R- url to 78 pushback productions i like it definitely it has a little bit of advertising and a whole lot of truth yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna snag that url up <laughs> i love it i want to see a doctor lost doctor companion for phil Someone needs to make that mean. Definitely, but but my guess, my guess is he he won't have um, a centurion chasing after him for for uh, you know millennium. Well, after last time, I should hope not. Yeah, right. That was a little bit awkward. <laughs> Some guy in a Roman dress chasing after me at the mall it was a little bit like, dude, this is creepy. <laughs> yeah, Phil, how would you feel about uh, a, a Roman in a dress chasing you? I don't know. I don't know. I think I would feel like. Simultaneously, like I won the lottery, and like I also was the unluckiest man on the earth. All right, cool. Well, we'll go ahead and edit that out. Um, on this Church Mag podcast, we have a special guest with us, a special interview with Steve Catton with Church Community Builder, which is a web-based church management system. It's uh, an awesome tool. So let's. I'm going to quit babbling, and let's just listen to the interview. Okay, guys? Do we have popcorn? Steve, welcome to the Church Mag Podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Awesome. Steve, tell us what Church Community Builder is. What's it for? What does it do? Yeah. So, you know, Church Community Builder, um, you know, we're known, obviously, for the software that we provide. So that software is uh, designed uh, to be a church management software uh, solution. And so that's, that's the tool that we're known for. And um, I think most people understand what a church management software uh, solution is. So our, in our context, we, we see it as a tool that is designed to equip leaders um, to, do, to do ministry in whatever context that is for their church. So um, for us, you know, software is a big component of helping you know, churches to be more uh, effective at multiplying their ministry efforts. And we think that they, we believe that they do that through leaders. Um, whether that's the you know that's the staff or it's volunteers or it's you know lay leadership whatever the case may be and we see our job to kind of come alongside those leaders and help them be more effective by giving them a tool that empowers how they're doing ministry kind of people and processes is another way to look at it and so basically this this isn't necessarily just a quote unquote church management software but this is a tool that is designed specifically for church leaders to be able to equip them and and let them be able to do their job more effectively and more efficiently. That's correct. Yes. I mean, one, the, kind of the inspirational verses for us are found in Ephesians 4, uh 4, 11 and 12 and then uh, you know, beyond that, which is really about equipping the saints. And that's what we're called to do um, as uh, as church leaders. And so we see our role as to be a mechanism that helps to make that possible, that equipping conversation, which is, uh, you know, there's a lot of components to that equipping conversation, but certainly software can play a huge role in that. And, uh, and that's, 
that's how we see our role there. And we do the software is just part of what we do. We all obviously do some other things around that, uh, which we call coaching and then tribes as well. And we think all three of those things work together for the purpose of equipping leaders. Uh, to be more effective and, and uh, like, like I said, multiply their ministry efforts. Now, this isn't something that you guys have just built and put up for sale. This isn't just, you know, uh, uh, some kind of brainstorm that you just threw together to, to uh, uh, you know, pay the bills. This is actually something that you put together that you even live by, essentially, at Church Community Builder, I mean, leadership is such an important role in your in your business model as well. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, the, the culture of our organization is, I think, one of the one of the things that is kind of is very distinctive about us. And of course, our, our any organization likes to say that hey, it's about our people, and we're no different than that. And uh, but yeah, we have a a culture of uh, there's kind of two key components of our culture. One being you know that we want we want to work with people who are very teachable and very considerate of others and so teachable just is another way of saying that we want to be learners all the time we want to be learning new things we want to uh, be willing to kind of uh, expand our horizons and always be willing to learn from people that may not even know as much as we do about it, what it is we do and so that's a key component and then leading where we are that's a big thing that we talk about a lot which is you know being a leader in the context that you are it doesn't require a title to lead. We can lead uh, in whatever context that uh, that we serve in. It's really about serving others and empowering others, and so that's that's a culture that we that we try to uh, foster here within the four walls of our organization, as well as you know providing a tool that supports that too. So yeah, it's it's kind of hardwired into our DNA, so to speak. Which is inevitably going to flesh out into the the software and the services that you guys provide. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and when you, you think about the, I mean, the the creation story of the software, really was birthed first out of that kind of leadership uh, principle and a desire to equip. So the problem that was um, you know being solved in the early days of church community before we even knew it was going to be a church management system, it really was just uh, a vision that was being driven by the fact that we needed to get more people connected to the church. And the way that we do that is through other people. So let's put some tools in the hands of the people that are helping to make that possible and make it easier for them and scale that ability so that it's not just dependent on, you know, what we can remember in our heads or on a three by five note card, but actually, you know, we have some tools that help us to really scale our ability to build relationships and, um, and bridges to people. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that story. What, what, what birthed this, this thing that we now call church community builder. It all started in a uh, church in Southern California, and uh, the, the the church is um, uh, still there today. It's called New Song Church, and they, uh, the two founders of Church Community Builder, were instrumental in kind of starting that church. Uh, one of them was serving as a worship pastor, in fact, and the other one uh, was just kind of helping out as a kind of a lead volunteer. And one of the things that they observed at that church, which is a very common thing across many churches, is that they had a had no problem getting new people in the front door of the church. They could get the, the, the first time visitors would come on a regular basis, but they had an equally large back door. And so people would kind of come in and they'd leave, they'd stay for a little while, but then they'd leave and, and they really didn't know why. Um, and so they, they kind of dug into that to say, okay, what is it that we can learn about the people um, who are staying that might inform 
us on why people might leave. And one of the things that they learned about the people that were staying is that more than likely they were serving. So the people that were coming and getting plugged into volunteering, those people were demonstrating all kinds of different levels of commitment to the ministry. Specifically, you know, they were coming more, they were serving more, uh, oftentimes they would give more, they would invite their friends, and so all kinds of good things were happening with the people that were serving. What they didn't know was, hey, did those people do all those things because they served, or did they serve because they did those things? Like, what, where did the commitment happen? And that that wasn't really clear, but they just decided, hey, let's build a tool that allows us to make it easier for people to plug into service since we're a very volunteer-driven church, and then we'll just kind of watch what happens on the other side of that. So that they, the beginning of it was to build this tool that was a web-based tool that basically was as simple as matching individuals based on their kind of spiritual gifts, abilities, talents, passions, that sort of thing, and they would take they would take those criteria and match the people with the volunteer opportunities, uh, and the system would do that matching or at least identify people that might be a good match for a particular uh, volunteer opportunity, and then that would really inform the conversations that the people who were doing the inviting uh, could have with those potential volunteers. And so that, that was the beginning of Church Community Builder. So it started off as just a tool to connect volunteers with service opportunities and really help close the back door of that particular church, and then over a period of about three or four years, it evolved into what is now a church management system um, uh, because we started with people and we started with a distributive kind of technology that could be put in the hands of anyone and not just someone in the office, but any leader that was helping that particular church to equip volunteers. That just naturally led to you know, this evolution of, hey, well, that's great what you're doing with volunteers, but man, we could use that same methodology in children's ministry. We could use it in our small groups ministry. We could use it in missions, and so then it just began to grow and evolve, and it, it became very apparent that, oh, wait a minute, God's up to something here that is way bigger than we thought, and so that, that, that's how the journey began. And, and it's so great to hear you say that because uh, a church management software system like this is so much more than just administrative. This is an actual tool that leaders can use to, to better serve people. Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, that's a key distinction, too. Many times church management systems are, um, I caught, we, we kind of refer to it as the uh, network or ninja conversation. And many times you have an, uh, a church management system is organized and run by a ninja who is kind of a go-to guru within the church that knows all the ins and outs of the church management system and all the staff and the volunteers and the leaders just go to that person when they need something. And, and that works, certainly. That has worked for many years, but we just felt like, hey, there, there could be so much more powerful if we can move to more of a network approach to it, because then more people have access to the data themselves without having to go through the ninja. And the other thing that happens is you actually, as you as you use that tool to facilitate relationships and to facilitate events and all these other things that go on in the life of the church, you now begin to gather very rich data. The power of a network as it relates to the ability to gather data is is pretty outstanding. And so that that's something that comes into play as well. So you get greater access to data and the data tends to be a lot more accurate and more rich as well. And, and this is why it's so essential that it be web-based so that leaders, whether they're at home on their laptop or they're on the go with their mobile phone or using their iPad or whatever, whatever their computing device may be, they have quick, 
easy access so that this isn't just a tool to have, but a tool to use. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is uh, that that access to the tool. It becomes a vital way that, you know, leaders can just do ministry as a small group leader myself. I find it very valuable to be able to not only log in and be able to communicate with those in my group, but to because I'm because I'm tracking who shows up on a weekly basis to my small group, I can kind of look back um, and see trends of attendance. And I can also notice, you know, when people are, are beginning to fall through the cracks and more importantly, those that lead me as a small group leader, the small group pastors can look at the kind of trends in my group and say, hey, this is a healthy group, or maybe it's not so healthy. There's some things that seem to be kind of happening here that may indicate that we need to intervene and have some conversations and just kind of see what we can do to support that leader. So it helps the leader lead, and it helps the church leaders support the leader. Now, I know a lot of churches hear this or they hear about church management systems and software and apps and these things and they think you know oh that's for the big churches that's for the mega churches and you know they're just they think well we're just your regular typical church we're not really big we're not even small you know we've been around for years we've been the the church on the corner here but we don't really need that we're really not that big what do you say to them? Yeah, I would say that uh, a couple thoughts on that. Number one, you know, if the church is for the church that's just starting out and they're small because they're just getting started, I would say um, any kind of structure that you can put in place, any kind of process and systems that you can implement as a small church that will allow you to grow and will support you as you grow is, is vitally important. It's very, it's foundational. And it's something that, you know, that we do in the, certainly in the business world, it's just sort of, um, you know, it's not even, it, it's not even uh, a question. It's just something that you do. You've got to build infrastructure because you're anticipating that you're going to grow and you know that as you grow, it gets harder to keep up with all of the people uh, and, and that uh, that are coming. And so if we can have tools that allow us to scale that and, and, and continue to be relational um, because we can, as individuals, you know, we can, the, the most that we can probably keep up with is, you know, somewhere between, you know, 25 and, and 50 people, depending on whether we're introverts or extroverts. So we need tools to help us scale that relational component of the church. So for a new church that's just getting started, I would say church management systems and processes are incredibly vital to start there. Don't wait until the growth comes and then try to backfill. you got to start there because you believe that God's going to bless you, and you so you need those tools in place. For the church that is... Um, you know, they basically, let's say they plateaued and they're just, they just can be kind of hovering around a certain attendance number of, you know, 100 or 200 people for a long time. I would say that, you know, if they haven't implemented a system like this, it could be one of the ceilings that's preventing the growth. So a lot of times churches hit those ceilings intentionally. Maybe they don't want to be any bigger than that, and that's fine. But a lot of times those ceilings get hit because of a lack of infrastructure and a lack of kind of those, again, processes that will allow us to grow. And I, for me personally, I think it's a stewardship conversation. I think that God, it gives us, you know, entrusts a little to us, sees how we are, are going to steward that. And then if we do a good job, he's going to entrust us with more. I mean, that's, that's, that's certainly, uh, there's a lot of context for that, that we have in the Bible. And so I think that it is a stewardship thing. And so as if we're a church leaders trying to be good stewards of the people that God's placing in our midst, I think having technology in place and having good pro- 
processes in place and people operating within those processes is just a good stewardship move, period. Oh, Steve, that is that is a huge concept and an excellent big idea that this is really a stewardship issue. You know, they, they say, you know, on online, they talk about, you know, startups and, and small business. And it's often said that success can often ruin or destroy business and it shouldn't work that way success should be a good thing but what happens is exactly what you said they don't have the infrastructure they don't have literally the bandwidth to handle the success and everything falls like a house of cards because there is no infrastructure there's no there's no foundation to handle it and uh Clearly, something like Church Community Builder is a step in the right direction in equipping leaders with the tools they need to have that infrastructure in place so that if there is boom and when there is growth, uh, you know, it can be handled. Um, Steve, what would you say to those that that think, oh, well, you know, my pastor, you know, he just got on Facebook last week and half the church leadership, they don't even have smartphones. We've got a lot of technophobia going around. What do you say to them as far as the learning curve and the ability to use Church Community Builder as the tool that it's meant to be used for? Yeah, great question, Eric. Um, and, and that we do hear that a lot. We hear this um, concept of, yeah, you know, we've got this whole demographic in our church that really is not uh, as comfortable with technology as you know, they might think that they need to be to, to use a tool like Church Community Builder well. And I'd say that, that there's a couple of thoughts I have on that. Number one, it's always good as a leader, again, kind of coming back to that stewardship conversation, I think as a leader of a church, we've got to think not as much about where are we today, although that matters, but we need to also be thinking of where do we want to be in five years? And so are we, are we trying to take our church in a direction? Do we know that, you know, in order to continue to do ministry the way we want to and to make an impact in our community, that uh, the demographic of our church, we hope, is going to change as, as we as we're around longer, that's going to change. That demographic is going to change. So thinking about how we want to kind of reach the demographic that we're trying to reach and do that, not just today, but five years from now, I think informs that conversation really well. The second thing is, is that a tool like Church Community Builder does doesn't have to be used by everyone to be effective. So you can start by implementing it and using it within the kind of early adopters that exist. And, you know, you and I know those early adopter mindsets exist and, you know, they're, they're there in every organization to a certain extent, right? Some greater than others, but there are people who will get it and will be willing to adopt it to try something new. And if you can build momentum with success stories off of the backs of those early adopters and you can, then you can start to get traction with those who are the more in that kind of resisting or they're afraid of it. And and I think a great example of that is, you know, look at look at Facebook. I mean, Facebook obviously was built on the back of uh, backs of college kids, and it was just only in the last few years that we saw parents and grandparents start to jump on. And now, what's funny is that you know a lot of the kids have left and gone off to Instagram and other things, and the parents and the grandparents are having a blast on Facebook. <laughs> it's, you know, but but you know, I know that you know my my parents and my grandparents are using Facebook. They started using it. Because 
because they saw the value of other people in their circle of influence that were going, hey, this is a great way to keep up with the kids, you know, and so that value became clear to them when they said, well, let me try that. And I think that's true with any technology. And so what we see in those churches with that kind of a mindset is, hey, find the early adopters, get some success stories built on them, and then let that momentum begin to grow. Steve, you have taken a relatively dry topic of church management software and really put some some flesh on the bones and put some passion and life into this, this topic, this idea that needs to be there to have a greater understanding because I know plenty of people see the ads, they see the blog posts, they see the tweets of of different church management software applications and it's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We don't need that, that sort of thing. And you've really you've really outlined this well and I thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being on the Church Mag podcast. And we may have to have you on again to talk more about these these concepts that surround church management software that make it so vital and important that more churches start using it. Well, thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. I would love to continue the conversation. And I just want to um, I want to tell you that I appreciate the the questions that you ask are are the right questions because you many times the questions that we get asked in this world is are about features. Um, you know, tell me about this cool feature, and to, can you know, can you do you know pictures of kids on check-in labels and things like that? And those are all, you know, features are important. I'm not saying that, but the the fact that you kind of took a more strategic and thoughtful angle on what is the value of this for the church? How does it really help us do ministry? That's those are the right questions to ask. So I appreciate the fact that you asked the questions that way because I think a lot of, of churches need to start there and then let the feature conversation kind of birth out of that. Well, speaking of features, if somebody wants to know what the features of Church Community Builder, what they are, where do they go to learn all about that? Well, of course, you know, the website is probably the best place to start. You know, we've got a pretty extensive section on the software features there on our website, and that that's a great place. And then, of course, I always feel like just because, you know, I'm, I'm very relational. I think our company is very relational. I think the best way to, to do that is to really have the conversations that are necessary with with smart people that know that understand how features need to support ministry because just saying hey we have this feature doesn't necessarily mean that that feature works for the church so you have to have the conversation about how are they what are the processes and the people operating within the context of that church now what is the feature set that needs to support that today or maybe there's another way to look at it um, through the lens of features but anyway that feature set conversation needs to, again, be driven by goals, objectives, vision, process, that kind of thing. So I think that the website's a great place to start, but conversations and relationships are the best way to really flush out whether it's the right fit for you. So the website is um, www.churchcommunitybuilder.com. Sorry for the long URL, um, but that's that's our name, and there's a lot of meaning in the name, so we like it. Uh, alternatively, you can call uh, 866 Two four two one one nine nine toll free. So uh, yeah, either one of those will work. All right, and we'll have all those links and info in the podcast blog post, so people can go there and give it a click and check it out. Again, Steve, thank you for your time. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it.
Steve Canton from Church Community Builder. You can learn more about Church Community Builder on their website, churchcommunitybuilder.com. That's churchcommunitybuilder, all one word, dot com. The link, the link will be in the link love on this podcast. Guys, what did you think about that? I thought a lot of things. Well, Phil, pick one. First of all, I, while I was listening to the interview, I was on their website looking through their stuff, and the UI looks absolutely gorgeous. My church has a uh, uh, has a CHMS that we're using. And I won't name it, but the UI is both unattractive and befuddling. Phil, it's okay if you say, you know, whose CHMS this is. I mean, feel free to say it, but then you went ahead and said, it's ugly. It's awful. <laughs> okay, that's why you're not mentioning it. <laughs> no. It's and, and the, the worst the worst part of it is we we I can't even explain the process, but we we got this. I've entered into this contract through a third party. Like our, our denomination has contracted with this CMH mess, and we are like a pioneer church using it. Wow, was that a Freudian slip? Was that a Freudian slip? It sounded like you just said it's a C H M mess. Oh no, but it is a C H mess. Um, <laughs> The problem is that we don't have access to their tech guys, so all the all the issues go unresolved because we can't talk to the people front line. But just having a UI that's clean and makes sense would have solved so many problems for this for this system we're using. And from the very beginning, looking at what they have online, mm-hmm. th- their web presence alone is cleaner and more modern than the web presence of the company we're using. So that that right there, just one, mm-hmm. I'm loving it. It's fully mobile. I love that. Like currently, all I can do is look people. I can look people up on my iPhone app, and it only works half the time. What What can you look up on the iPhone app? I can look up their name and phone number. Okay, so it's it's completely unlike Church Community Builder, where you can actually go online and do everything you can do yeah. on your mobile than your desktop, where you can actually use it. It's not just a glorified phone book. Exactly. If I had if I had wow. the power and or the say and or the money, we'd be we'd be using Church Community Builder. It looks amazing. Jeremy. I actually have a real life experience with this because this is what we use at our church. So do you use this? Do you actually use Church Community Builder or use something else? Yeah. No, we use Church Community Builder and, and actually they're here in Colorado Springs. So part of their staff come to our church and I've been to their office. Bragger. So it's actually a pretty cool interaction. of Just for the record, Jeremy, you know, I used to live in Colorado Springs. So that just shows what such a small world we live in. It's true. If only we had overlapped by a few years, but. Probably Phil has seen both versions of Colorado Springs, so it's okay. So we probably all have eventually been to Colorado Springs. I was in Denver once. That was it. Yeah, for that Five Iron Friends or concert. You got it. That was a sweet concert, man. You know, that's right. Did you come back whenever they were um, just starting to do the Louisiana Purchase too? when you were with the doctor? Um, no. Here's the thing. Apparently, apparently the doctor has a real-life um, grudge against Lewis and or Clark. Um, I'm not sure which one it is, but we didn't go. Did not know that. That actually just happened. I'm so impressed. What were you impressed with, Eric? Just all of that. Just off the cuff. I was just really impressed. Oh. Okay. Hey, <laughs> 78 Pushback Productions. I'm sorry for the interruption. What were you going to say after all the bragging about, oh, I've been to their offices and they're so awesome and cool? I think it's a different approach in the sense of I, you guys talked a lot about the features online and how the leadership can use it. But I get, I get to experience as a consumer of you don't see a lot of what happens with that software management. It's in the bullets and it's on the website. That's fun, but it's very passive. But then I go to check in my son and I'm a volunteer for the, the little kids. And you actually get to see how it's used every day when you put the stickers on there 
you have to call the parents to get them there, but you use the phone number that's on there. And it's a great security system for whenever you're working with infants, when you're working with little kids, your teenagers, stuff like that. It's a great management system in and of itself, but it has all these different plugins and, and things that he was talking about on there that are in many ways for a, a medium to large church absolutely necessary and they integrate it so well with everything that's going on that you don't see the back end and yet you also do see some of the key features of it that are necessary for most churches that don't necessarily think oh we should be protecting our kids in this way and and it's something that's one of the highlights of being able to be a volunteer there and say we are absolutely going to trust the system works because we want to have the best for your kids. Okay, a couple things I just have to say and point out. Number one, before the interview, before we we put this podcast together, I had no clue that Jeremy has used it and has has knowledge about about it from a consumer standpoint. So True. I'm pretty floored that that uh, that he has this this feedback and this uh, this experience. I had no clue whatsoever. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, The second thing that I find really interesting and cool about this whole thing is that, you know, Phil's talking about the simplicity and the ease in which um, the Church Community Builder application looks, okay? And then you're talking about the complexity mm-hmm. and how far-reaching this is as a tool. I mean, it really is the, the best possible, you know, balance and solution where you have something that's easy to use, that's easy on the eyes, that makes sense, that's that's a tool that is worth using, yet has all kinds of power on the back end and under the hood. I'll say this, that there's a contributor for 78 Productions that I love. His name's Jesse Gruber, who is planting a church. And they're at the threshold of wanting to really launch everything. They're engaged with their community, but they don't have the need for something like this yet. But they're already in the process of setting something up like this because they want to do everything well, and they anticipate God moving in a unique way. And the company... As great as the software is, I think that anybody can make great software, but he talked so much about the philosophy of the company that 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 is truly what I love about the company. I do think that they have the greatest software out there, but I also think that they have the best customer support out there to the point that if they don't think their software solution is the best for you, they will actually, I don't think he said this on the interview, but they actually go out there and find the best software solution for you if it's not theirs. Well, you know, if you're focusing on customer support and you have and you have a healthy philosophy, then you're only it's only going to be natural that your product is going to shine through. I mean, if you're focusing, if, if as a developer you're going to focus on features, that's what you're going to have. You're going to have a crap load of features, and that's it. If you're focusing on a healthy community, if you're if in and healthy leadership, and and customer support, then everything else is going to fall into place naturally. And so they are definitely focusing on the right the right thing there. I think it sounds like they've built their software uh, from a very philosophical level to be powerful and yet have no learning curves so that anyone can pick it up and use it. I love the phrase, he, he doesn't want any any software ninjas out there, that no one in the church is the go-to person for the software. And right now in our church, we, we have two people who know it better than anybody else because they, they use it all the time, and the learning curve is so steep. So it's that very philosophy is refreshing because 
I feel like most developers don't think about the common man using their work. They think about what what's cool, what makes, what makes sense for a developer. And to hear a software company thinking about it from the perspective of a church where most people don't have technical expertise, very refreshing, very cool. You know, Phil, we often refer to you as Batman, not only because you have the voice, but you certainly have the height and the build to be Batman. In fact, there are some rumors that you are indeed the real-life Batman. And now to hear that you have ninjas in your church, when I think of your church staff, everyone's in costume and wearing masks. Let me just say this. We call Halloween Tuesday. Boom. Shakalaka. That's it right there. That's the podcast. We just finished it. I'm so sorry I'm late, guys. I Just just a second, Phil. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, you're apologizing. Do you realize that we have been waiting eight whole minutes? Well, here's the thing. I, hold on. Hold on. So my phone now receives the Google Hangout notification. So it's trying to hang out with it. the whole beep, boop, 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 beep, beep, boop, 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 beep. So your phone is trying to hang out with us. Yeah, my phone's trying to hang out with you guys. So I'm like, crap, my daughter's going to wake up. And my wife, Saturdays is her sleep in day. So I'm like panicking, trying to get upstairs where I can be a little bit louder and no one will wake up. And so on the staircase, I knock over a box of stuff on the staircase. Just like, come on. Well, just, just so you know, we were... Really mad about it. So mad. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout.com.